now. So. so this morning we'll continue in the meditative cultivation of compassion, which again can be viewed from two different sides. We keep on doing this, don't we? Kind of rotating perspective, right? Here's one more time to do that. So is it meaningful to speak of cultivating compassion? Of course it is. That's what the karuna bhavana is all about. Cultivating. Bhavana means to cultivate. It means to meditate. Well, to cultivate compassion. That's meaningful, but it's not the only meaningful perspective. We don't need to cultivate compassion at all. There's no need to cultivate it. No need to cultivate something we don't have but rather unveil what we do have. So the other perspective on compassion is we're not cultivating it at all. We're rather simply removing the obstacles, the barriers, the obscurations that are veiling and making invisible the wellspring of compassion that is innate to pristine awareness. Pristine awareness doesn't need to have any compassion added to it, but rather just manifest what's already there. So in this light, there are clearly obstacles. There are obstacles to our, it's called mundagyopa, to manifest, to experience, to make evident compassion in the way we view ourselves and others. In this regard, it struck me as maybe useful to use a few words, that, a few phrases that are very sensible in English. That is, we, we know exactly what they mean and for which, you s- in, in my understanding of Tibetan, and I'm fairly fluent, you cannot translate this. So you ready for some phrases? I feel so guilty about what I've done, I simply can't forgive myself. And what you did to me is unforgivable. I'll never, I, I cannot forgive you for that. You can't say those things. You try to translate that into Tibetan, and you just, you're kind of at a loss for words. They don't translate. I feel so guilty about what I've done. I can't forgive myself. Well, there's just, there's no, as I said, there is such a thing as remorse. That can be very useful. But this, this whole notion of I feel so guilty, I feel so burdened by, by, by my guilt, I can hardly breathe. I can't forgive myself. Or what you did is beyond forgiveness. I'll, I'll never, I cannot forgive you. It's unforgivable what you've done. This is an expression of delusion. These are expressions of delusion, like a sp- person speaking out of delirium. Because it, both, all of these phrases, and having, having to do with these two terms, which again have no reference in Tibetan language, guilt and forgiveness. Interesting. Guilt has this very heavy quality. Forgiveness is clearly a virtue. And it is. I'm not, re- not disputing that. But it is interesting that there is no word that directly translates as forgiveness in Tibetan, and there's no word that directly translates as guilt. And they are related, aren't they? I feel so guilty, I cannot forgive myself. Therefore, I don't expect you to forgive me either. That's, that's meaningful talk in English. Uh, but it's meaningful talk that's completely del- rooted in the delusion of fusing my identity with my mental afflictions, with my behavior that is aroused by and dominated by those mental afflictions, all into one alloy. And therefore, I'm unforgivable. Why? because the mental affliction that drove me to do that was unforgivable, and what I did, the action, is unforgivable. Since the action is unforgivable, so is the motivation, and so am I. All one alloy, all one indivisible unit, and that is complete delusion.
And that's self-directed. And then when we direct our attention to someone else, what they've done, whether it's a group of people, and we know the atrocities of history that are so well documented on a mass level, terrible things that other people may, be, may have done to us or those other people with whom we identify, right? Because that's the real issue here. People with whom we identify, maybe not me particularly, but somebody I care about, somebody I, then that's unforgivable. Again, it's a total fusion of the mental affliction with the delusional behavior that comes out of the mental affliction with the person who is caught in the snare of both. So, I don't want to speak at length about this, but it is very deep, it's very important. And I think the closest analogy is when we think, once again, very meaningfully, of the epithet of the Buddha as the great physician, the great healer. It's one of the, he's called Tathagata, he's called Sugata, called Jiva, Bhagavan, and so forth, but one of them is a great healer. And so, imagine you're a doctor in a clinic, let's say in the sub-Saharan, sub-Saharan Africa, where there's a lot of contagious disease, and the symptoms of some of the diseases are really quite awful, right? very unpleasant, right? <coughs> so imagine you have people coming in because it's kind of like, let's say, a plague. There's some kind of very contagious disease going around, it's debilitating, it kills, and before it kills, it gives rise to really, really awful symptoms. When people come to your clinic, and they smell bad, and they look bad, and they're, they're making really awful sounds, because they're in so much pain, does it ever occur to the doctor to say, well, first of all, you can come in, and I, and I forgive you, by the way. I, I do forgive you, because you're really disgusting looking, and you're making all those annoying not noises, and you really look very unpleasant, and you're just not appealing at all, but I do forgive you, and welcome to the clinic. Does that sound crazy to you? Right? Now imagine this doctor's working 16 hours a day, just doing his best to heal, to heal, to heal, and just is so tired that one day the doctor does something kind of mindlessly. Because it happens in the hospitals. And infects himself. And then he is the one who needs the treatment of other doctors. He survives, he doesn't survive. Does he feel guilty? First of all, does he, is he really forgiving the people for getting the contagious disease? And when, because he's so tired that he loses his mindfulness and he does something careless. He does something that was, okay, foolish. And he infects himself. He lets himself get infected. Does he feel guilty afterwards? I think both are equally delusional. I forgive you for being so sick, and I, and I feel guilty that I was careless after a 16-hour shift, and I was too sleepy to do the sensible thing. The words don't mean anything, do they? And when we really understand that all the awful things that we have done, that other people have done in general, and specifically other people have done to us, it all stems from delusion. Every single time, without exception. And whatever it is, it can be the most grotesque things ever recorded in human history. And there are incredibly grotesque things that we human, human beings have done to each other. But it always, invariably, stems from ignorance, just didn't know, 
fundamentally, what are the true causes of happiness and what are the true causes of suffering? That's kind of like, oh, that. Not knowing, it's Shantideva all over again. Yeah. <clears throat> while, we, while we wish to be free of suffering, we hasten after the very causes of suffering. While wishing to find happiness, we destroy the causes of our happiness as if they were our foes. He summarizes in one verse. So, all the awful things for which people feel guilty and try to forgive and sometimes are incapable of forgiving, all those things, every single one of them without exception through all of history, throughout space and time, all stems from ignorance, just not knowing. So do you forgive somebody for being ignorant? That's the first question. If somebody's ignorant, do you forgive them for that? Of course, if they're ignorant, it's ever so easy to tip right over into delusion. What's easier, if you don't know what's going on, to get it wrong? So, do we first of all need to forgive people for be, from being ignorant? And if that sounds kind of totally weird, then it isn't equally weird to forgive people being for, for being delusional, including having you know psychoses, schizophrenia, and so forth. Do we forgive people for being autistic, for having... Alzheimer's for having psychosis of various sorts. Do we forgive them? You know. So I think when we, we just focus right there at the root of ignorance and delusion. All of the awful things that we may have done and have done in the past, all the awful things that other people have done in the past, all stem from ignorance, first of all, and then delusion. Then there's no guilt and there's no forgiveness. It's beyond guilt. It's beyond forgiveness. It's recognizing uh, just compassion. It's just compassion. That's the only thing that remains when we really start to understand the true causes of happiness and the true causes of suffering. Guilt vanishes. Forgiveness vanishes. And all there is is compassion. The doctor feels compassion for those people coming into the clinic. And whether they vomit all over the clinic, they have diarrhea all over the clinic, Whatever, they're terribly infectious and so forth, the notion of forgiveness doesn't even come up. Right? It just doesn't even come up. The word doesn't have any referent, does it? Just compassion. So, we find it not so hard, we generically, I think we as a human species, we find it not so hard to feel compassion, not only sympathy and empathy, but truly the yearning that others may be free of suffering. When we see people suffering, when we see people suffering, physically in anguish, mentally distraught, depressed, terrified, and so forth, not so hard. But when we see people engaging in actions that give rise to suffering, I won't even give a single example, we just have too many, and it's happening in the news and we read about it every single day. Say, how can you do that? The answer is, there is an answer. It's out of ignorance and delusion. That's how. Any more questions? And so the issue of forgiveness doesn't come up. It's just, may you be free. When we see people acting out of delusion, may you be free. Acting out of greed and avarice, selfishness, may you be free. Acting out of hatred and resentment, cruelty. May you be free. Just one. Just one. 
So that's the practice we'll go to. This morning, rather than attending to sentient beings in terms of the results of experiencing suffering, attending to sentient beings as we out of, we, again it's not us and them, as we out of ignorance and delusion are perpetuating the causes of suffering and feeling compassion for all of us who are still perpetuating the causes of suffering out of our own ignorance and delusion, our craving and attachment, hostility and hatred. And doing this from this perspective of the indivisibility of our own pristine awareness with that of the mind of all the Buddhas, from a perspective of, of purity, perspective, perspective of being awake, then wishing may each one be free and envisioning the freedom. There's deep compassion that's really fused with wisdom. Right? Fused with wisdom. So you kind of wonder, where's the wisdom start? Where's the compassion end? No, no. It's just wisdom and compassion. One, one root. So let's try that. Namo lama deshe dupe ku kunjo sumge ranjina datam dodu semjenam janju badu kapsuchi Namo in the lama who is the embodiment of the sugatas of the nature of the three jewels I, together with the beings of the six realms, take refuge until our enlightenment. Sangye dupne ni kang la kang du tin le kien do du dam chau. For the sake of all beings, I generate the spirit of awakening and cultivate the realization of the Lama as Buddha. By means of enlightened activity, I shall train each being according to their needs. And I vow to liberate the world. Dombola Yamsen Choki Mudunye Perma June Shesuta Kodu Kando Mambu Ko Keki Jesu Datuki Jinge Lapshi Shexusu Guru Perma Sidi Hum, 
in the northwest frontier of Odiana, in the heart of a lotus, sits the one renowned as Padmasambhava, who achieved the wondrous supreme city and is surrounded by a host of many dakinis. Following in your footsteps, I devote myself to practice. Please come forth and bestow your blessings. Guru Pema City Hum. Guru Pema City Hum. If you'd like to switch postures, please do so now. Rest for a little while in the simplicity, the stillness, the purity and luminosity of your own awareness, with no object, just resting in your own nature. Rest here in this basis of sanity and the wellspring of compassion and wisdom.
and let the luminosity of your awareness manifest its creative power in the visualization of your own body as a pure form, translucent, purely of light, illuminated from within by this radiant orb of white light at your heart. Not purified, but primordially free, primordially pure. Direct the light of your awareness to the world of sentient beings by way of the appearances arising in the space of your own mind. And attend especially, selectively, to those beings, especially human beings, who are engaging in harmful behavior under the domination of ignorance and delusion. Anger and hatred craving and attachment You may think of the beings individually or collectively, invite them into the space of your mind and attend to them, each one, like yourself wishing to be free of suffering, each one wishing to find happiness. just as you wish to be free of the causes of suffering. So with every in-breath arouse the yearning, may you, like myself, be free of these true causes of suffering, when seen with the eyes of wisdom. The root causes of suffering are always found within, in the malformations, the afflictions, the distortions of the mind. As the breath flows in, arouse the aspiration, may you be free, free of these causes of suffering. And whatever the dominant affliction may be, whether it's delusion, hatred, or attachment, imagine this symbolically as a dark cloud, 
And with each in-breath, imagine drawing in this cloud into the orb of light at your heart and let it there be extinguished without trace. And with each in-breath, imagine them becoming free. Imagine this veil of darkness being lifted. Imagine them finding relief. your attention rove from one individual to the next, from one community to the next, all sentient beings.
then more specifically focus on those who have harmed you. From your earliest memories, wherever there's something that has not been released, where compassion has not flowed freely, attend closely, attend in depth. Beyond the deed to the mental affliction that aroused it, and within the mental affliction attend to the root, ignorance and illusion. Each in-breath arouse the wish, the aspiration, may we be free. Be free of all the underlying afflictions, the obscurations that lead us astray to the perpetuation of our own and other suffering. May we be free. And breath by breath, draw in the darkness and extinguish it in the light.
and re-envision them. Re-envision them now as free. Expand the field of awareness in all directions, embracing all sentient beings. With each in-breath, arouse the aspiration, may we all be free. Imagine the darkness of all sentient beings converging in upon this light, which is infinitely greater than all that darkness, and consumes it without trace. pure vision, imagine all such beings to be free of all obscurations here and now.
and let all appearances, all objects of the mind, dissolve back into the space of awareness. Let all aspirations withdraw back into your own consciousness. And for just a little while, rest there, without modification, without doing anything, without striving, without desire. Oh, no, so enjoy your day.